Whatever NFTs are, they sound stupid as hell. I don't understand them, but I do understand them a bit better now, but they're still stupid as hell. It's stupid. Very stupid. Is this the way of the dork? Welcome, everybody, to episode 88 of the Four Dorks Spin Podcast. I'm Nate, a.k.a. Angry Nate. I am a fungible token. <laughs> this is Collector Clint. I am a non-fungible token. And those two dorks have kind of spoiled what we're going to be talking about today, but we do have a very special guest joining us this week. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself. Yep, uh, Damien with uh, Geek Together and uh, a fan of tokens in any scenario <laughs> like chuck e cheese tokens that's the way to go man i'm telling you <laughs> I'm, definitely a fan, I'm, def- I'm definitely a fan of fungible tokens i do like replacing <laughs> things so, so um, making a comeback this is damien's fourth time on the podcast oh, so hap- happy to have you back sir the, the also now you're beating gary wow i don't think he's yeah. defeating gary i think gary still hasn't beat i but think gary's yeah or at least tied i'm not in competition you know so there you it's go. okay <laughs> gary you're still number one no matter uh, how I would, one in our hearts. I would defer wow. that either way. So that's fine. <laughs> um and God, you guys threw me off with all this extra stuff. Housekeeping. Um housekeeping. Uh, <laughs> make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore dorksman. Uh make sure you, you can always email us at dorksmangmail.com. Uh if you enjoy playing bingo, you can always go to dorksmanbingo.com. Uh, as always, shout out to Larry from the SDS guys for making us that uh, wonderful short redirect, and Andrew from the totally no Toy Rewind. That's go. it. Too many T's. Toy Rewind. Too many T's. Toy Rewind podcast for um, building us that wonderful bingo card that we do enjoy. So if you have any new bingo card items you want to add to the thing, just uh, tweet at Andrew, uh, Andrew New Beardlin on Twitter. Uh, and he'll definitely get that sorted out uh, before he he's done listening. On yeah, he's usually more on top of it than anybody. Yeah, he's as he's listening, he likes to, to put things in there. So, um, yeah, so that's that's great. We love that. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, one more quick housekeeping thing. Just wanted to give a big shout out to Ryan and Clint, uh, who run the Dorksman Game Night on Fridays. Uh, as as it happens, we had a random trolls coming into the chat and stuff, and um, just wanted to be very clear right off the bat that we do not tolerate that kind of behavior, that kind of language. Uh, if you are that type of person, please kindly save us all the hassle and do not show up on Friday nights. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. Um, you're pro- the people that listen to our podcast probably aren't the people that are uh, doing those things and saying those things. But as a reminder, if you're bringing friends or if you know if you know someone that's like, hey, come play some Jackbox games, we don't have many rules. Um, but we do stand, <laughs> we do stand firm on the uh, no racially insensitive. That's usually what yeah. I see. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah. So leave that, leave that out of our chat, uh, or we will, we'll, we'll deal with it. And you're just annoying everybody else. And if that's what your purpose is, please find something better to do. Because don't, don't like be a shitty that. human being. <laughs> don't treat others like lo- lower than you. You know. It's hard. I mean, that, maybe that's their, what well, they're a fan of. Everybody's a fan of something. Some people are a fan true. of being shitty. <laughs> fan of being shitty I mean, you're, pred- you're providing a platform. It's true. No, I, that sucks. That, that is a shame. Uh, you know, and that's. I think that's why there's a conversation. Not this conversation. Not in this podcast, but right. on the elimination of being anonymous online. Because that's really mm-hmm. what it is, right? Those people mm-hmm. would not be near as shitty if you knew who they were. That's right. true. 
Well, anyway. Or you know who they are, and then you just know when not to include them. Right. There you go. This is <laughs> true. Another discussion for another time. Yeah, Save it for podcast. another podcast. Yeah, yeah. As, as Clint will yell at us shortly. I, I will. Well, we're doing the you podcast. You already yelled also. at me once. Before I yelled, at, I yelled at multiple. I was on mute. I actually yelled at you multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> they, kept, they kept having discussions about what we're talking about. I'm like, this is gold. Shut up. Save it. This is gold. The worst. The right, worst. It's, precious. it's a good thing he was muted or we would have yelled back because we don't like, <laughs> we, we don't take kindly to Clint's yelling. Yeah, because it happens all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. I'm crying on the inside because Clint's. Oh, I, I, I can tell. Yeah. Um. So, as usual, we have our acid and questions. Uh, we love getting those questions. Please keep those questions coming. Um, our first question this week comes from our good buddy Ferd. Uh, he dropped a ton of questions, and uh, you know, it's always great to to interact with him and, and see the questions that he brings us each week. Uh, his question this week is, uh, as a kid, we all had big dreams. What did you dream of being? Uh, as an adult, do you still think you could ever follow that dream or find that it just wasn't for you? Uh, for Ferd, he was the youngest out of three, so he was pushed to become a lawyer, but he wanted to play in the NBA. Uh, he said puberty happened and his growth spurt never happened, unfortunately. <laughs> and he found out he couldn't be a lawyer because he enjoyed being an, en- uh, being an engineer at heart. Uh, but he says he's not an engineer in profession in the end. So... That sounds like a tragedy in like five parts. So for <laughs> blame, uh, blame Joey. He took your growth. Spurt. Yeah, Joey took the growth. He spurt took all of our sure. growth spurts, yes, especially Ryan's. Poor Ryan, hey, man. Hey. Everybody dipped into hey. his growth spurt a couple of times. Yeah, like a negative up, growth spurt. <laughs> What's the opposite of a growth spurt? A, a shrink. Uh, not one. A growth yeah. regression. <laughs> the lack of. Just Opposite stopping. Spurt. Like, Just stop Ryan was five eight at one point, and then he hit a couple of those growth three. I mean, growth spurts are all <laughs> variable. I mean, if you're four eight and you go to five two, that's a spurt. That's true. <laughs> you just stop. It's just yep. whatever it stops, right? I the earliest memory I have of wanting to be like something as far as like a career was a paleontologist, actually, which is really weird because this was like pre-Jurassic Park. But I guess as little kids, we were we always went through that phase where we loved dinosaurs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just remember having all the plastic dinosaurs and all that stuff. And again, this is before Jurassic Park. And I just remember it was either my first or second grade teacher. I, I, I can never remember which one, but it was one of those. And we had a deal where we were supposed to talk about what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I had said I wanted to be a paleontologist because I wanted to study dinosaurs. And she literally laughed at me in front of the entire class and was like, what? You're never going to make any money doing that. That's ridiculous. Who who wants to grow up to be a paleontologist? It's almost like if I'd have put race car driver or astronaut, she would have been more accepting of that, even though I I think paleontologist is more obtainable than than those other two. But, yeah, that's kind of my first thing I wanted to be when when I grew up. Uh, and I'm not a paleontologist, so I'm kind of mm-hmm. like furred, except my my hopes were dashed, not by a lack of height, but by a lack of encouragement from a from a teacher. So I try not to be that teacher. That's 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 my end game. I try not to be. I, I wonder if like her husband was a paleontologist and she was sick of not <laughs> being able to pay the bills. She's like, she can't pay bills. Uh, he's got the job of love and he's a paleontologist. And- <laughs> You, just, you always gotta think of like the reason, like what hurt her to crush your dreams. Right, you know? right. I mean, ex-husband, ex-husband, <laughs> plot, ex-husband's plot. a paleontologist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck them, you know. Plot twist: her husband was Michael Crichton. 
Stop watching Jurassic Park. So it wasn't even, yeah, wow. Wow. What a shitty teacher. That is that's a shitty awful. teacher. Yeah, no kidding. That's a terrible teacher. I, I mean, there's uh, a lot of schooling you had to go to. So, I mean, you could have just been supportive and still a chance you wouldn't become one. You know, I mean, who knows? Right. Right. I mean, probably just wow. gave up on my own. Well, you could have been, been you could have been a paleontologist, Joey. I'm sorry. I uh, could have gotten all the fossils off the top shelf for everybody. That could have been my <laughs> I mean think of the chaos theory of what trajectory that started for you, right? I mean I'm just concerned about like your your you know hips and your back as you had to dig and sweep and things like that. I don't think it would have worked for you, buddy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, hogs, you, I'm, getting, you know? I'm getting the bones that are high up, guys. I'm I'm gonna leave the ones in the dirt for y'all. I'm gonna go to the caves and find some stuff high up. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> you're gonna dig up instead of down. Huh? <laughs> yeah, All right. right. I think it's a solid strategy. It would have been maybe not as successful of a paleontologist. Maybe not, but <laughs> you have the heart. You've got the heart. There you go. I mean, it's not. It's technically not too late. Like, unfortunately, first oh, no. height no, yeah. prevents you him can. from being a a ba- or a basketball player professionally. I hope he still plays and has fun with it. But you can still be a paleontologist. We believe in you. So, um, note to self, Clint has decided he's going to financially support me and my family for the next eight years while I go to achieve my dream of being a paleontologist. Thanks, Clint. I mean, Appreciate you, you have, bud. the support will all be moral, but sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Need some of that, too. He's going to find that bank that takes hugs. Yeah, we all do um i'll answer this question and i'm also in this (laughs) i could still do this if i really wanted to but i always wanted to be either a uh, a musician or a or an actor um you know just the 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 amount of time to get in there i really wanted to you know start paying stuff back and get through school and actually so that's why i kind of left that i actually went to school for music business for a year and it was real interesting i just didn't see it going anywhere so i decided to to just change to regular old business school but yeah, that's what I would. I would love to have been a, a rock star, I guess. But I guess I just got to settle for the hair. What do you yeah, mean by I'm music really, yeah. business? It was well, like I, you know, we we took um, there was like sound engineering classes and music business specific classes, and you had to take actual music classes, you know, piano, guitar, etc. It's a really, it was actually a really neat program, but it was brand new, so it had a whole lot of kinks to work out. Because yeah, coming so from I, my previous radio radio background, when I hear music business, I'm thinking that you want it to be like an A and R or something. No, well, you know, I was part of it, you know, okay. producing or, I mean, it was, it was every aspect of it, really. That's a yeah, very broad to umbrella. Me, yeah. Music business to me, would, you'd think the courses would be more on the, on the business of music, like producing yeah. and not producing, mm. but acquiring talent, managing talent, venues. Yes. Well, that's what you know, A&R is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, A&R, yeah. yeah. Promotion. More of, that than, and, yeah. more of that than needing, like, I would think that music business we go to when you don't know how to pay piano, you know? like Right, right. And again, it was in its infancy, and I think it was trying yeah. to establish the base of what you were looking at before you got into it. So it was yeah, an it interesting was, idea. And I think, it, you know, this was, you know, I, to date myself 20 years ago. So it's hopefully better by now. It's interesting that you're saying that part and you also throw music production under there because that's a completely different mm-hmm. mindset. That's a different skill set. Yeah. yeah. And again, I'm only saying this because I've kind of walked both edges of that side working in radio. They had me helping with promotions at one point. I didn't enjoy that. My, my role was more in the studio producing commercials and, you know, DJing and all of that. But coming to my side, I used to really enjoy building constructs as a kid. And I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So my parents always had the, like the inkling that I would grow up to be some sort of engineer because I like to tinker which I guess technically I still enjoy tinkering with music and now like motion graphics and anything of the sort, but I just didn't have the attention span to actually sit down and read a book. 
Like I was one of those kids in school. I I got by fine because I would take good notes in class, but I learn better from application of things. I don't learn well by reading a book and not having something to apply it to. So mm -hmm. as far as like getting into the specifics of <clears throat> say like electrical engineering or nuclear engineering, which I don't know if you guys are aware about this, but jumps the frog, you know, a friend of ours, mm -hmm. he yep. is a nuclear engineer. That's what mm. he does for a living. Oh, wow. it's, yeah. It's crazy. So he's Dr. Jumps at respect, but yeah, I ended up going the part of radio and I guess my mind still had that mindset for the quote unquote engineering thing, because I like to again, tinker, but I just went on a completely different path and now I am a data analyst. So <laughs> still tinkering, I guess, in a sense. There you are. Yeah. I think that's tinkering. Tinkering with numbers. Messing with numbers. There you go. Messing with numbers. How about you, Damien? Uh, so I remember uh, similar to, well, not totally similar to Joey, but more in, this, in, the, um, in the field I was looking into is at one point in time, I wanted to be an astronomer mm -hmm. for a long time. There was a big window when I was a kid, probably between eight and probably 13 or so that I was all, that's what I was going to do. And my mother was very supportive. I mean, so they were my, well, my mother is, you know, a hippie, Jeff, she didn't care. Like whatever you wanted to be happy, like that's her whole thing. And so she was very supportive, whatever we wanted to be. And then I think what happened <laughs> is uh, I got a computer. And so that shifted my, um, my, uh, my, my dream, I guess. But for a long time, it was going to be astronomy. And then I got a computer, and then it, then it was software engineering, writing code. So early on, so still early on, I had a goal of I wanted to write software. And I've done that now for 30 years since wow. then. I mean, so that's what I did. So I guess I have two parts of the story. I had an early dream that didn't come to fruition, but really was a change in plan um, because mm -hmm. I found something else that I loved. And that thing that I loved, um, writing software, that's what I've done professionally um, since. And so uh, now my job has completely changed now. Like I don't get to write software anymore. I just manage people in politics. But um, <laughs> yeah, you tell them how to write the software or tell which. Well, yeah, you know, you tell them how be now because technology yeah. changes so much. It becomes yep. more about the setting the right priorities, getting the budget. Uh, very exciting stuff, a lot of meetings. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I get to do now. Um, but yeah, so that's that's it. I mean, I would love to have played football, but you know, I was pretty early. I was very self-aware of the difference between motivation and talent. Uh, I can have all the motivation in the world, but I was never going to be able to achieve those things because uh, I lack the talent uh, part of it, which is important when it comes to sports. Yes, you mean you're not right. running into people and <laughs> smacking them around? And... Yeah, yeah, you know, I learned early on. Just verbally now. You just, went, you just smack them verbally. Yeah, just verbally now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, love love sports. Basketball would be great. Again, do that. I was, you know, short guy. That wasn't going to happen. Um, golf, can't even do that. I have all the motivation in the world. Hit that golf ball straight and far. It doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> like I show I every time feeling. I go there, I have oh, all the motivation yeah. that it's going to happen this time. That yeah. doesn't. It turns out talent's no. part of it. So. Absolutely. Yep. Um, for me, I think when I was a kid, I honestly, when I was a kid, I always wanted to work in video games. And at some point, uh, when I got older, I was like, no, that doesn't seem like a feasible dream. I'm, I want to be a teacher. So, you know, I thought about being a teacher. And then I was like, man, this is a lot of school. I hate school. So I <laughs> stopped going to, like, I didn't finish college or anything. I was like, man, maybe I can still pursue that video game career. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, I started working in video games just a couple years out of, outside of college. And... Uh, that's been my life since for the last 15 years now. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. So I guess I did, I was able to achieve that dream. 
uh, of, of working video games from when I was a kid. So the only one point. of us to achieve your childhood dream. I oh, did yeah. it. I did Podcast it. over. I win. <laughs> I win. I win. <laughs> Thank you for uh, for the question. We're sorry your NBA dreams and lawyer dreams didn't work out, but um, don't stop I, dreaming. Like, yeah, don't, don't stop. And it sounds like you, whatever you're doing right now, you're enjoying yourself uh, in your job and, and and doing it well. So, congratulations on on a new dream. Um, Maybe the dream so. is uh, listening to podcasts and getting his questions answered on air. Done. Hey. Hey, we'll we'll help you achieve that dream again and again, sir. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we can't pay you in anything but our oh, no. beautiful voices. But <laughs> <laughs> um, our second question this week, uh, very topical, very good question, uh, comes from our good buddy Sully. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at CSS Sully. CS Sully. CS Sully. CSS Sully. CS Sully is a ship that's docked in Everett, Washington. Is it really? No, I don't know. Oh, sounds like oh. we say CSS yeah. Sully. Is it stuck in the in the You're right uh, on the Suez, Suez Canal? Yeah, is it stuck in the Suez Canal right now? Yeah, like stuck, in, it's stuck behind with collectibles. Yeah. It's a flat boat that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. The big so one. A river boat, if I remember right. Yeah, a river. Oh yeah, a river boat that shuffles uh, collectibles uh, back and forth. The old CSS Sully, you know? and it doubles as a casino. <laughs> that doubles as a casino. <laughs> Giver me timbers. Are the, the dream. Um, but his his uh, question is very topical. Um, as if you haven't figured out by now, this week we're talking about NFTs and crypto and trying to make sense of it all. Um, so his question is: If you were gifted five thousand dollars, but you have to invest it in a collectible of some sort, you must spend it on one item that currently sells for five thousand dollars or under. What would you buy? Um, when it comes to collectibles, like. I'm more trusting of like some of the older collectibles, at least for me. Um, I know you could probably go to coins and stamps even older than that. Um, but I would probably stick to like uh, some kind of trading card. I'd probably get um, whatever grade of Jordan's rookie card, his Fleer rookie card. It's probably one of the more popular ones I could get for 5,000. I don't know what the actual number grade would be to, to get it at 5,000 or under, but that's what I'd probably do is get something like that because I, I don't think something like that's going to depreciate. I think it's only going to appreciate over time. So that's probably what I would, I would go with. Hmm. So I, I unfortunately have not had time to do research on this. Um, I, I also like to do either. I'd like to do something from a movie set. Like, I don't know, like the couch from Wayne's world or something like very, that. Very unbrand for you. Well, I mean, just, I mean, I don't know what, 5,000 would get me in that. I don't, I have no idea about value for movie props, but I, that's something I would think about. But since I have to give an answer and I did the quickest research I could, I would get the metallic Freddy Funko that is for currently pricing at 4,950 bucks according to the app. So which, which <laughs> metallic, metallic Freddy is this? That? The Count Chocula. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. You, you need it to be very specific there because Sorry, there's a I lot of metallic Freddies. You're right. Metallic yeah. Count Chocula Freddy Funko currently $50 under. Five thousand, but that would be my first choice. One in twelve or one in twenty-four? One in twelve, right? Uh, let me see. No, it's got to be a one in twenty-four, and that's twenty-four. The The box, of course, the picture in the uh, the app is very blurry, so I have no idea. Those app prices are basically. I think either one of them that's low. That's so. If you can get it for five thousand, I think it's a good deal. Yeah. Well, I got to find the five thousand first. So. (laughs) So Take it it out of the couch with uh, Garth's hair there. 
If it's a, yeah, if it's a, if it's on the CSS Sully, I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> well, you can bet on it. You put all your money on black. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and hopefully, you can get your five thousand of the CSS Sully, and they, hit... then you can just go downstairs and buy the collectible. Yeah. There you go. It'll hit double yeah. zero on the roulette wheel instead. <laughs> oh, screw you! I hate over. the wheel that's got the zero and the double zero on. Yeah. It. Yeah. Screw oh, that yeah. casino. Yeah, don't go there. There's a triple yeah. zero too on the Sully's on Sully's Riverboat Casino. <laughs> He's really they're all, they're all, all the different zeros. One's a zero point zero. <laughs> one's a negative zero. Yeah, hence the one's one's root of zero. And one of them is like you feel kind of good, but you lost because it's just a shout out. <laughs> shout out! Awesome. like I really appreciate the gesture, but I just lost. But I went to the good. Riverboat Casino and all I got was this post-it note. <laughs> That's funny. Right, exactly. uh, we love you, Sully. We love you. Sorry for taking stabs at you. Um, I would probably go with some sort of currency. So before I started collecting anything like sports cards in my younger days or now collecting Funko products or anything related to Tony Stark and Iron Man, my grandma actually got me collecting currency. So in my safe deposit box, I have like weird and obscure things like um, Hawaii dollar bills. So before we became a state and we were a territory back during the war, they actually had Hawaii-specific currency. So on the back of the dollar, $5, and up to, I think, $20 bills, it has the word Hawaii stamped across it. So those are kind of rare. I have, like, uncut sheets of um, $2 bills, just random stuff, or, like, blue blue seal notes and all these other things. I don't know how familiar you guys were are with mm -hmm. collecting currency, but I think the rarest thing I have in there now is, like, a double-struck penny. Mm. So it got struck, and on the line, it got struck again. Mm. So it's like more of a production error, but some of these things can be very, very, very rare. And Do you know, yeah. is there a selling price for that or a market price that you know of? It It's kind of like when you were talking about the movie props and all of that. Mm -hmm. If it goes to the right person, obviously, it can go okay. for a hefty dollar. But you need to find the right person that's willing to pay that price for it. Because let's be real, right? When it talks about collectibles, and I know this comes up a lot in Sully's chat, what is it worth? It's worth what somebody's going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. It comes up every Wednesday on Sully's. Mm -hmm. By the way, twitch.tv slash CSS Sully. CSS Sully. I know. I was trying to be funny. CSS Sully. M I S S I S. I kind of want to go create the Twitch account now, CSS Sully, and see what we can do with it. It'll just be a gambling channel. Just just post the buffet specials every week. I'll just show a boat. Just a boat the whole time. Right. Here's a boat. How about you, Damien? What do you. I, you know, I mean, there's a couple answers there, right? I mean, there's the, I want to buy the thing that I want. That's 5,000. I don't know what that is um, on the collectible side of things, but it would probably be something, um, it would probably be something, first of all, it would be something to be very established. I mean, so I think, to, you know, what Clint was talking about, what Joey was talking about, like, you're never going to go wrong with Michael Jordan uh, rookie cards. You're just not. It's established. It's known. The market is set. It's already 5,000. It's not a hype 5,000. Like, I probably wouldn't go chasing an nft for instance right now of like a, a moment that is at the high because i don't know if it's real or not you know i don't know i have to wait until the hype dies down and you actually know where the real investors are going to be rather than the flippers mm -hmm. um so i probably would go on the collectible side of things i would i would do something more in the realm that i'm a fan of so like football cards i think some older ones um you know i think of like joe montana and stuff like that things like that that would be valuable but i don't i don't know the pricing the, the practical side would be gold mm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, go buy five thousand dollars in gold. It's always going to be valuable. It's always going to. It usually appreciates over time. Mm -hmm. um, 
Um, I'm not much of a cryptocurrency fan just because I don't understand it fully and therefore I wouldn't invest in it. The other thing I would look at again is if you count it as a collectible in this event, would you would you count stock? Would you count that? Is that a collectible? I mean, I uh, I, I wouldn't count that as a collectible. no. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Because that's a smart thing, right? Just go yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go go buy a stock that. How about a, how about if it's a stock for a company that is on the cutting edge of collectibles? Still would. The only thing <laughs> no, I can think of is what if like the actual stock receipt was somehow collectible. So I have to go to the impractical side of me. So I probably would just take it and buy um and I would invest in a um maybe an older piece of art. Like, okay, mm. here's one that I probably would want. Like I would take something like an original Jason Freeney sculpt. That'd be cool. That is not a production piece. It is actually the hand sculpted piece that he made that is around that price range. And then I think that would be something that I'd really appreciate in my house. I'm a big fan of. And uh, whether it be, and I think it'd appreciate because again, very few times do you get the hand sculpted, hand painted items uh, versus production pieces. So yep. I'd probably go that way. Totally. Again, the practical side of me though, like if I were giving anybody advice who came into $5,000, I'd be like, yeah, go put that in the stock market. Right. Yeah. right or buy right, gold, right. like you said. Or go yep. buy gold. Yeah. yeah. But people collect gold, so I can count that. Right? I'll go buy gold coins, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, they're on my point too, right? <laughs> yeah. If I was going to spend $5,000 on some sort of currency, then yes, it would either be gold or something extremely rare, which I can't think of any kind of even old dollar bills that are going to be worth upwards of five grand for one single item. But I could be wrong. Yeah, but if you bought $5,000 in $2 bills, they'd be worth $5,000 at a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of safe. It's true. There's the, he, yeah, if only I could spend the worth. five grand and actually get a five thousand dollar bill. Which, yes, there huh? at one point there was at a one five thousand dollar bill. Yeah, they actually had up to a fifty thousand dollar bill, I believe, but it was only designed for bank to bank transfer before the days mm -hmm. of things like ACH and mm -hmm. electronic fund transfers. Yeah, get one of those. Those are that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just steal one. Sure, just, just go take it. It's like monopoly money at that point. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, part of me wants to just, oh, what? You're giving me $5,000 to buy a collectible? I'm just going to go buy something fun. And yeah. if it loses value, there's no, I'm still happy with it because it's something that I uh, was a free $5,000 collectible that I, I, I wanted right. and I lost out on the investment, but Hey, it wasn't my money. Um, <laughs> but, true. No risk there. Yeah. But to properly answer Zoli's question, I think honestly, I, I would, I would invest that money in like Pokemon cards. And just buy mm. a bunch of Pokemon card packs. You could. But is that one item? Oh, the. Uh... So that's the trick. That was the hard part for me. One yeah, item. I mean, it is. Technically... If it's a, I guess if it's an unbroken box and it's factory yeah. sealed, it counts as one. Oh, yeah, that works. That counts. Buy yeah, a go case buy a five thousand box. Cards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So that's what I would do. I would do. I would do Pokemon cards because it's like. At some point, they'll come back around. It's 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 on its other cycle now, coming back around. It's super popular once again. Um, and if it, it'll, it'll come back around in like 10, 15 years, I bet again, whatever oh, course, was released yeah. now, and it'll like come sports back. cards right now. I think everybody's just getting bored at home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, Me exactly. Too. Um, mm -hmm. and the world's changing and people are starting to appreciate like those, those things again. Um, and you could Twitch stream it and you can make a bunch of money streaming op card openings on Twitch and they, so, you know, there's, there's more to it. Right. So plot it out the same way that other things have become popular. Right. The way I look at it is like, mm. okay, so I'm 45, I'll be 45 this year. And Motu is at the height of collectability. <laughs> right. All right. So who's, you know, in five years, who's going to be 40 to 45. 
and what did they grow up with? Like start buying a lot of mm. stuff now. Mm -hmm. Like, but you got money now, like forget Motu because all these old guys that are competing with me are making it too expensive. I need to go get into uh Pokemon, right? That's the same thing. Right. Right. So now all the kids growing up on Pokemon, like that's the big thing. Find all the kids that grew up on Phineas and Ferb in 20 years, like in advance, buy all this stuff <laughs> and have it already. So then 20 years when these uh, people grow up and have careers and money and they're nostalgic, they all want to buy it all. Yep. Genius. That's my new business now. Like just, yeah. Just you hoard everything. Hoard everything. It's a lot easier to put things on eBay if you don't actually like it. It's true, right? <laughs> true. True statement. Very true. Um, thank you, Sully, for the question. Uh, please let us know uh, what you would invest that money yes. in. And if you are putting up $5,000, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to, <laughs> right. uh, we would love to invest your you money. like any of our answers, if that was a contest, you know, whatever one you yeah. like the best, give us a $5,000. Yeah. We'll you know what <laughs> Um, so that brings us to today's topic. Um, it's the hottest thing right now. It is everywhere. Um, you know, it's the hottest thing right now because was it last night on SNL? They Pete Davidson did a, did a song with Jack Harlow on it. Um, mm -hmm. It's just literally everywhere on Twitter. Uh, tweet got sold uh, as an NFT. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about NFTs and try to explain as best as to what we know they are and kind of just do a little bit of a discussion about um collectibles and how collectible nfts are and, and the kind of the future of collectibles um going to more digital collectibles uh such as things like nba top shot and there's been rumors of like you know like even funko going the nft route so things like that so mm -hmm. does anyone want to explain like i'm five what an nft is for the I people could, out there i, I was very tempted to go get ava and have you explain it to her <laughs> and see if it works but yeah I think no. before no, I, we get down the route of it, maybe the good way for any of the listeners that maybe are not familiar with everything is it all starts with blockchain, right? I th maybe we look at it like that, Damien. What do you think? You're already getting too advanced. I think you got to go even <laughs> higher level than this and work. Well, I, I can explain. I mean, if you look at block, so take the term blockchain, right? And it, every single item that we're talking about here, whether it be an NFT or a coin, in the case of Bitcoin, let's think about, is a block. And they're all chained together in a sequence. You know, one, two, three, four, a million, whatever it is, right? And An electronic sequence. Electronic sequence. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, think physical if that helps, right? Just think but blocks in a sequence. They're all linked together. That becomes the blockchain. And the reason why it's a chain that cannot be that that is intact is because that chain represents the total ledger. So if there's a million blocks, you have a million in a ledger. And if you want to change any one of those blocks, you're absolutely, you're changing the whole chain. So if you change ownership, you change amounts, you change values, you change things on the chain somewhere, um, you're changing the whole chain that gets republished out. So, yeah. and, and to explain the way that it works as in ownership and, okay, so if I bought Bitcoin, how do I know I really have money? Like, how am I getting ripped off here? Right? I'm a lot of people that don't know that. It's like, I know a bank, I go there, I put money in a bank. Mm -hmm. And it gets, and by the way, nowadays it's just stored in a database, and you better hope that database doesn't go down, right? I mean, so right. there's a lot more to it than that. But you put it in a bank, but but Chase, you know, I bank with Chase or Wells Fargo. It's like, okay, they have a record of this in their database. This happened because there's no money anymore, right? It's like <laughs> it's all, all electronic, and so that you know, though, you've grown to trust that. That's the way it works. That's the way the world works. Your your check gets deposited electronically, and you have all that money. Mm -hmm. Blockchain's the same, except for it doesn't have Chase owning it. And sometimes people that makes people comfortable. Sometimes it makes them uncomfortable. Think about a peer-to-peer -peer net. It's a peer-to-peer -peer network now that exists 
on it's a copy of it for everybody who owns a thing on mm -hmm. the chain right so if you let's say all of us we just made up our own new chain right and we just did block one is ryan block two is joey and so on and so forth and i had block five block let's say, and, and let's say now we wanted to create another block so now we all have a copy of this chain because mm -hmm. we need to make sure it's real and we want to make sure that joey doesn't break doesn't lie about it he can't modify his like it's all all, all uh we all can authenticate it like, mm -hmm. well hold on we don't have this chain now christina decides she wants to add a block on we all get issued a new ledger of that so now we all have the same one again and if christina decided to go offline and just get out of it we still have a copy of it it persists I, that might be too confusing i don't know but it's really it's really simple when you think about it because if any of you you know participated in a copyright violated music with Napster and uh, LimeWire, <laughs> et cetera. It's the same no, principle. Why, why couldn't the music industry shut those down for a long, long time, right? Well, the only thing that really shut them down was Spotify became cheap enough. It wasn't worth the hassle. Yeah. That's it. That, that's mm -hmm. the way technology modified. That's how they had to adapt. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when everybody was downloading music, the reason why it didn't get shut down and they couldn't go after anybody is because it was on everybody's computer. There was no owning company. If it was Amazon just giving away computer, they would sue them and shut them down. But every one of us that had music on our computer, we all had a peer or a host that you could connect to across the world to download that file. Mm -hmm. It was distributed across everybody. It's the same kind of peer-to-peer -peer network. It's the same way that this blockchain ledger is distributed and read. It's decentralized is yes, usually the absolutely. word they used to describe it these days. I, th I think you got to make sure to say, though, with this is when you say it's decentralized and that it's on everybody's computer, still the original owning whoever it is gets control of the unit. So not everybody can have Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like you can't download it like you could that Uncle Cracker oh, no, no, song no, no. that was popular yeah, right, right, in Napster right. time. You have, um, you have to get it assigned to you and you have to have right. your wallet and you have to have like, yeah, right. you, have to, you have to have your own token that represents who you are. Mm -hmm. That's then written into that block that is yours. You know what, you know what I think is a is good tangible comparison for this, you know, on, on, on the customer side, not, not all the background and everything else is that old, uh, old app called quid. And I know you guys have probably all heard of it. It used to have a lot of Funko products on it. They have a whole bunch of stuff on it. That is like an example that, you know, the Funko or quid gets to establish a certain number of pieces that then you can try to buy however, you, however they decide to mm -hmm. distribute it. And then you can sell it aftermarket on there. Yep. I mean, that's not mm -hmm. how block block so you can sell that aftermarket or play other ways. And I'm not going to get into that, but, but there's, you know, so many pieces. So even though there's multiple pieces, there's still a limited number and you can still trade and use them electronically. Right. The only difference there is that quid is a, is an entity that owns it all. Right. Right. And it's their databases mm -hmm. that own it. So think about quid, but distributed so it could persist past quid. Yeah. It's kind of like, the problem you have with quid is like, whether you believe in their business, if they were to go out of business, Where's your stuff? Yeah. Yep. I'll go on. The, validi that, right. the validity of it is moot if they were to go out right. of business. Right. Well, that, that, out of, yeah. That's why I like the Napster comparison as well as the quid one. Like it, it's a multiple, you know, takes things from a few different places and puts them together in a, a very intensive way, really. Yep. And to yeah, drill so it down to like the five-year-old kind of mentality here, if you guys want to look at it like that, using the serial number methodology that Damien was describing here. It's like saying producing a hundred different dollar bills and you have one through a hundred. If you were to in turn, like sell the first one, I'm sorry, sell maybe number 50 in the middle, you would have to go back and rewrite the serial numbers for all hundred or all 50, right? No, all hundred. Yeah, all yeah. hundred. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Right. That that's kind of the basic premise of the way the blockchain works. As one more gets produced, it adds on to the individual chains. Yeah, right. So previously. as you produce more, it used yep. to be one out of a hundred. Now it's one out of one hundred one. Yeah. Uh, so you have to know that the the scarcity of it is, and I think the difference between, and so blockchain with Bitcoin. And by the way, blockchain is not a currency. Blockchain is a technology that supports anything on it. Mm-hmm. Good point. It could be anything. Uh, Bitcoin is is probably the early representation of it that we all knew, and that they decided to make it a currency. Each block defined a unit, and then you own those units, and then the value is dictated by the market of how much. Because again, there was a limit. So what they did is they created only so many mm-hmm. of these blocks, and then based on demand of who wanted some of those blocks, the price went up. No different than a Funko Pop. I mean, again, a mm-hmm. lot of your audience and my audience, well, they're all Funko collectors. So think about it. If there's a hundred Freddy's with 5,000 people wanting one, the price goes up because it's it goes to the market of who's really wants it the most or can want it the most. I hate that term, but it's the person who's motivated and has the ability to purchase mm-hmm. it, right? Those two supply demand. and demand. Supply and demand, right? Everybody knows supply and demand because that's what drives your value of your collectibles up now and physical collectibles. The same thing. There's only 100 blocks on a chain, but 5,000 people want in on it. Mm-hmm. Then the cost for each block goes up and what Mm -hmm. happens is that if i really wanted i really wanted one of those blocks when it was worth 50 bucks but now that's worth a thousand dollars i'd rather have a thousand dollars and i'm going to give it to somebody who really wants in that market at a thousand dollars now same thing when you look at fungal products right so maybe before we go too much further down the bitcoin rabbit hole maybe we should kind of switch over to explain what nfts are to everybody in a very basic way and then from there we can maybe Talk about what that means for us as collectors of Funko, of Bim Toy, of basketball cards, et cetera. Um, yep, so the core base of NFT is non-fungible token. What does that mean? It's a very technical <laughs> word. Just it means it just means it's an item that cannot be changed. It's I just unique. love the fungible word. Yeah. <laughs> it's unique. Once you set it, so let's use the again, just to keep it really simple, let's use easy math of a hundred. Let's say that I'm looking at a Marching toy site right now over another screen. So let's say that Quicks decided to release 100 Tech 63 prints. 100 as an NFT. It's not a physical print. You're not getting a picture, but he's creating is a digital picture, mm-hmm. a digital JPEG that he's releasing a, a limited edition of 100. What's going to happen is they're going to basically serialize or tokenize every one of those pictures into a block on this chain which is going to give it a, a, um, a unique number for each one of the hundred. Um, and the property is defined with it. a link to the file could be even contained in the envelope could be a representation of the digital file itself. Cause it is all ones and zeros at the end of the day um, when you're talking digital. And then if you bought it within that encrypted within that block would be the owner. So you all have your own ID. When you bought that item, your ID would be put on that block. And then that block now of 100, all 100 people that own it has a copy of that ledger. And anybody who's interested really uh, could be distributed. Uh, anybody who's shopping for it, any marketplace that has it, any places intending to sell it has a copy of that ledger. And if all of a sudden tomorrow out of the 100, I have one of these pictures and then Joey's like, you know what? I really, really want that digital print. I sell it to Joey. That block gets rewritten with his user ID now because he's the owner of it. And it gets redistributed to everybody else that has that ledger. So we all have the same copy of that ledger. And at the end of the day, NFT is just a, you just bought a block Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. represents a thing. 
So uh, yes, I mean, kind of like crypto. I mean, cryptocurrency is the same thing. It's same just way, one is a token, thing. one's a uh, yeah. Same so I, I think one thing that people struggle with, myself included, is we're talking about selling these things back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I the problem is there's not like an app to do it. Like we can't tell you, hey, go to E-Trade as an example. Right. Obviously, that's not the right thing. Oh, there will be, right? There right, yeah, there will eventually. be. But that, yep. I think that's something anyone listening who's, who's struggling to comprehend this and needs to really focus on is there's not like as of right now there's not an app you can't you, there's no tokener or something you can download to do all this right well there's it's not a, an there's not an app but like for and i'm sure the app's coming but for right. like top shot for instance and for those people that may be not familiar with that as an nft uh top shot sells what are called moments right in these digital basketball card packs for lack of a better term so um I buy a moment of LeBron James, you know, dunking on somebody, whatever. So I now have that moment in my account mm-hmm. for Top Shot. And it has, just like anything else with a collectible, a determined amount of value based on what somebody is willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter what I ask for it. If somebody's not going to pay that, it's not worth that. Uh, and I think most of our listeners probably understand that basic concept from, right, from, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So that moment, though, I can then put up on a marketplace within Top Shot's account, which is then, I think there's some kind of redirect that goes on there. And I don't know how much Damien or, or Nate know about Top Shot. Uh, I'm just kind of getting in on the infancy of it, even though it started in October of last year. Uh, if I remember correctly. Um, so I put it on that marketplace. And again, I think there's a third party that's used uh, possibly for confirmation and, and payment transaction and stuff. I can then sell that moment um, right. that I got. So now somebody else owns the moment. I do not, but now I have the money for it. And I think that's yeah. probably the So the if you take, way if you take the blockchain and digital aspect of it out, it's exactly the same as buying an item off the Funko shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except it's nothing no physical. Yeah, that's it. But I mean, Which I I personally like I I watched a interview with Beeple B E E P L E who's an mm-hmm. who's an artist and a digital artist and has been on the scene for a while and is now just kind of blown up because of um, some NFT art pieces that he sold uh, through. Uh, Christie's auction house, which should tell you right there that NFTs are very popular uh, in mass if Christie's auction house is is touching it. Um, and I think, if I remember correctly, it was like a little over $69 million for a portfolio of maybe a thousand NFTs uh, that he sold over a weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly from the interview, uh, them talking about that, it's it's very interesting hearing uh, them talk about this this whole process of you know you know the artwork being sold, and then the way he has it set up, and I'm assuming, and Damien could probably correct me about this, it's encoded somehow on the chain mm-hmm. that if so, I buy a piece for a thousand dollars, okay, from from him originally, so he gets the majority of that, except for whatever you know, program, right, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's just say he makes 900 out of a thousand and then it gains a value, gains a value. And then I turn around and I sell it to Damien for $10,000, right? So yeah, big, big time. So (laughs) I, you know, pocket, whatever it is, less the probably process and transaction fee, Mm -hmm. but he has it set up to where he retains a 10% royalty from that sale. Yes. And apparently this is getting pretty popular with NFT artists, which, you know, from 
if you're comparing this to the regular art world where you actually have a physical object that's being sold and there is some of that with people and i'll get back to that here in a second which i think is very interesting but anyway like if i paint something or like okay so let's see you take a jackson pollock painting and jackson pollock's estate they don't get any money from it if it's sold to another person the art gallery or the broker, whoever does it, is going to make a percentage yep. off of that. But yep. Jack, Jackson Pollock's estate, his family, whoever you know is still in charge of that because he's passed away, they don't get that. So that's right. definitely something unique to it. The other thing that I got from the Beeple interview that I thought was very unique and very interesting was, and I don't know if he does this with all his pieces. It may just be some of the higher end ones. So like he was showing that it's, it, and it came in like this big, um, Came in a tablet encoded in a protective well, state. Well, yeah, thanks, Clint. That's not where I was going just yet about it, but appreciate you <laughs> jumping the gun on it. So it's like this, uh, for those of you that know what the nuclear football is, it's like this huge suitcase that the president carries around with the nuclear codes in it and stuff. It's very high-tech looking. Or like if you imagine like an action uh, movie where the guy like opens up this case to try to detonate a bomb or whatever. That's what it looks like. And you open it up, and like Clint was saying, there's like what looks like a tablet with the image displayed on it, like encased in acrylic. So mm -hmm. you actually have a physical version of it. And he was saying how he thinks that's going to be something big for people that have these NFTs, because in reality, if you buy something like that, you want to display it. Right. So, I mean, sure. unless we're going to all of a sudden have some kind of social media type, um, gathering place to where we can all display our NFTs that we bought. That's really the way to display it to people is through this the other thing that i thought was very interesting was there was a bunch of other little gag stuff that came along with it <laughs> uh, like there's like they, there's a vial of i'm assuming his hair i don't know the only, yes. the only thing that's it's funny about it and i think clint knows what i'm talking about because he started laughing is like underneath the vial in the little display thing it says we promise it's not pubic hair or something it like says that pubes. It's straight up says pubes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. promise it's not pubes by the yes. way i i will share that link because i have that link ready to go i think uh it's very joey's absolutely right it's a very interesting interview uh he's absolutely right about the high it's more of the high-end stuff to give him a little something he called it a bonus people did yeah. but um you know that, that that's an excellent excellent point so I, I have a few links i'll be sharing throughout the week on our page just because the more you hear about this the more you see about it the more you hear even the same thing it'll more sink in i think to go and even though i think that's probably again your higher end pieces that you would that you would pay money for that you would display that i mm -hmm. mean if, I, I could probably go find something from some artist right now for probably less than a hundred dollars just to buy mm -hmm. a yeah. digital piece and just say i have it mm -hmm. but i'm not going to go through the the process of okay i'm going to buy a tablet and i'm going to put it on the tablet and then i'm going to encase it <laughs> acrylic and then i'm going to hang it on my wall but <laughs> what you could possibly do is if you are into this and like you start buying a bunch of cheap nfts um which gifts are turning into nfts like the original um non cat the one that looks like a pop tart mm. and a cat yeah. shooting rainbows out its butt that mm. gif was sold um like the original version of it um as an nft here recently and like nate said a, a tweet was sold as an nft what you could do is dedicate a space in your house where you just have like a monitor hooked up to some computer or a phone or a tablet or whatever you want to and mm -hmm. you could just display the nfts that you've purchased kind of like those uh digital picture frames that were popular mm -hmm. uh <laughs> five ten years ago right and and we you know bought them for our parents so we could just mm -hmm. upload pictures to them and, and they're, they're kind of making a comeback too but anyway you could do something like that and display it and i i think that if 
if this is going to really take off, I think that's something that people need to kind of think about. Like, okay, how, how am I going to promote this as, as a tangible item? Because that's that's the problem, I think, with NFTs for a lot of people is I don't have anything physical unless I go to my phone or my computer and bring it up and look at it. Oh, I'm looking at this uh, gift that I bought an NFT of. Who, who I think that's where they have to get away from that. it, though. It doesn't have, yeah, to, be, it doesn't have to be tangible. Have in fact, you don't want if you get tangible. This came up last night in Geek Together's discussion. You get problems, and this came up with like putting it on pop somehow. And this is all hypothetical. Well, you sell uh, a physical product to a pop shop, but you don't sell the NFT portion of it. Who actually owns what? And 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 maybe I, I used the wrong word there, but I mean a way of actually sharing with other people these NFTs that you've purchased. Well, so let, me, let me ask a question of the group here: How many of you own stock? I do. Yeah. How many of you have the paper stock certificates? No. Yep. Exactly. exactly. It's same, the same, thing. same thing. Yep. You're well, buying that... stock for years and years and years. It's purely mm -hmm. electronic. It's not tangible. It's you know you own a portion of a thing and you trust that there's a market that's got your back on that it's real. That's huge. Yeah. But, but exactly there's a difference. The there's a difference there in the fact that you're talking about something that's an investment, purely an investment, whereas these NFTs are. How can it be more. anything other than an investment? If you bought Niancat for thirty thousand dollars, did you really you're just love that picture that much? Money is what you're doing. Well, well that's really money. About it. exactly. <laughs> is what, what did you actually buy? Because you didn't buy the copyright to it, and other well, people what about can the still same use the picture. That... You just own that NFT for that specific yes. instance. Look, it's right. the same thing. If you yeah. want to make the same connection, it's the same thing. Is like, okay, I don't, I can't own the Mona Lisa, but I can own a poster of the Mona Lisa, mm -hmm. right? So, but if if a piece of art, not obviously one that's relegated to museum because of it being the Mona Lisa. But again, take a Jackson Pollock or something like that, for instance, right? Is it an investment? Yes. It's the same way as like if I buy a classic car or a you know dead stock pair of shoes or a Michael Jordan basketball card. It is a collector's item, but it is an investment at the same oh. time. But it's something I can display and show off to people. Our top Whereas I'm not going to do that with a stock. Is Top Shot really popular because everybody just wants a ESPN clip? Um, or <laughs> well, is it popular the, because people are making money on it? I, I think that's the question that time will tell as far as is this going to really be something? Because, again, we are – we're at that year now where we we're supposed to have flying cars. So it's like the technology is is coming, I think. Yeah, the only thing we have for the future is self-opening doors. That's it. Yeah. Like, grocery stores flying open. Like, that's great. We got that. That's I'm it. still pissed I don't wear two neckties like Marty McFly did in uh, well, Back to the Future too. But to my point being is I think there's going to be more and more of a push for this type of stuff mm -hmm. in the future to where, hey, I don't know that for sure, but maybe the Top Shot thing is around for a while i mean Maybe. you know the honus wagner baseball card i don't remember it was just back on the market here recently for six figures i think you know it's it is in a hundred years are people still going to be trading some of the first top shot cards you know you, you have to kind of look ahead and see okay the technology is obviously here is this going to be the new way that people are going to participate in art and collectibles etc what Top Shot has done, and and again, this really then it just starts to get into two different sides of your brain. One <laughs> is it an investment to make money, which right now, if you're lucky enough to go to Top Shot because of the hype and buy a common pack and break it open and get so they have commons that are a thousand digital copies, so that's the limit, so it's still pretty low. Mm -hmm. Right. Rares that are 150 to 999, depending on what it is, legendaries that up to a hundred of them. 
platinum three and then the genesis which is one copy of an item so if you get really lucky and break a pack and get one of those you're flipping it all the people that i know that are in top shots like all the people that have reached out to me and said oh yeah i'm in top shots i'm interested in nft no all they're honestly they're trying to make money it's mm -hmm. a flipping opportunity yeah you can go watch that clip on espn right right because you don't actually like, like no. I don't know anybody so far has been like, I love the fact. Now, maybe the person has spent 200000 on LeBron. But maybe the person has spent 200000 Like, maybe it's a difference between Damien could pay $10 for a pack and make 10000 And maybe this other dude, Damon, he's a millionaire, so he can make 10000 and sell it to his friends for 100000 It's just different markets and different availability, different opportunity. But at some point, you get to the end user where they want just the card. Or do you think that that's it. You're exactly just... right. And I don't collect sport porcelain figures, so I don't get it. So I think it's trash, but there's somebody <laughs> out there that really gives a shit about porcelain figures and thinks I'm nuts. Right. And so they buy them, they spend $10,000 on them for all I know. I don't know. Right, and right. I, I think it's, so you're right. You're absolutely right. So let's, so that's your point. I think you really simplified it. NFTs are no different than buying a Funko Pop. Except they're you're buying, you're buying a thing. You're buying <laughs> yeah. a thing, and it's tangible. It, I mean, it is tangible in the sense that you own this digital copy because most of your files right now are online anyway. Mm -hmm. So you're used to that, and uh, you own this thing, and then now it's yours, of whether you want to keep it or sell it. Can we just like, can we take a step back and humor my simple no. old man? That I understand how it works. <laughs> I think I'm the but... oldest one here, but that's fine. <laughs> Do you, do you realize what we're talking about here? Like we're talking about a digital image that's mm -hmm. selling for thousands of dollars mm -hmm. that any person can still own, technically own, without mm -hmm. paying tens of thousands yes. of dollars. How exactly. incredibly so get? fucking stupid is this? <laughs> okay. Here, like, let, 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 let's simplify yeah, this okay. a little bit further than Nate. Yes, <laughs> technically like you things. can have a copy of it, but as right. far as like the OG, right, as the, the original... Right. The fact is, like, when you break it down on the ledger or like in the database, right. whichever way you sure. want to like dumb it down, right? On the chalkboard right. that's written there in like permanent yeah. chalk that can never be changed, <laughs> is it shows that Nathaniel owns this thing. Yes. And if right. you ever decide to sell it, your entry is still there and it right. shows that you sold it to Clint for right. 300 times as much. So Clint's I a sucker. I think right. the real play here is can you do like what Beeple's doing, which is can you, right. if you bought the Nyan Cat, can you then put a trademark on it and enforce it? Right. There See, that's the debatable it's part. And money. that's like way beyond our scope of expertise, obviously, between the five right. of us. Yeah. Right. Right. Especially when you're talking about going back and getting stuff before right. NFTs were anything. A thing. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're talking about since NFT started, I think that's that's almost two different markets. I think we're getting it's into totally some yes. when we start getting into the non-cat and other gifts that could be possibly sold and all that kind of stuff. But the Jack Dorsey tweet that sold for two point yeah. nine million dollars. Yeah. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Like the new market with new art and new stuff is a whole different ball game mm -hmm. than previous. But the thing is the previous is selling. I mean, how long has that gift been around? I mean we were in high school over a year, decade. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 15, it's, 20 years, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's been around but forever. It, it's definitely a market. I mean, like Top Shot, when I mean, we keep mentioning that, <laughs> they did like 330 million in transactions since Nuts. October of 20 uh, when it started. That's, I mean, that's mega money that you're talking about when you're talking about a third of a billion dollars. Yeah. For, and, and that's just basketball. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure. NFL and MLB and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And maybe even those weirdos that like hockey, I'm sure that's coming down the road too. Eventually. But even at the end of the day, it's the market. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you heard me feelings. 
I, did. I, have, a hard, I have a hard time so personally wanting to own an NFT of a video clip. Right. I just don't, I don't see the value in me owning I it. I see the value in me buying a $230 digital pack for legendary and hitting big and selling it. Yeah. Yeah. That I see value in because that's gambling. Yeah. And that's essentially what I think it is really. It's so absolutely right now, 100% that's what it is. I, I think that's a good probably chance to kind of segue into something that's maybe more in our wheelhouse and maybe something that's more in our listeners wheelhouse. And that's the recent announcements or the, the, the talk, I guess I should say, because they haven't officially announced anything, but, but BIM toy mentioning getting into the NFT and Funko and their, I think it was in their quarterly. Yep. Brian, statement. Brian, Brian made Brian. a statement that yes, they are getting into it. So it's, it, I would say because that was in the investor call, that's formal. That's yeah, pretty yeah, formal. I mean, it's it's, 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 it's as formal as you're going to get because it's yeah. coming from the board of directors. And too. as a CEO of a collectible company, the answer has to be yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Actually, yeah. Yeah. And there's, I mean, and that's the new market stuff we talked about and that that's really exciting actually. It'd be fun to, you know, and let's go back to BIM toy. Cause there were one you mentioned, this is, um, you know, this is the technical, this is the pixel ghost that we always joke about. Okay. They actually made an NFT of the pixel ghost. They make a hundred of them. They sell them. Like mm-hmm. that's the only way you own that image right now. Mm-hmm. So that is interesting. I think people would be all about that. Now, if you just sold an image of a tiny ghost, which you could easily just go on their website and look at, there'd be no interest. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I, I think my, my, my I'm the biggest fan. I think what I think the entry point is what I'm what I love for Funko to do or Bim Toy to do since they represent a physical marketplace and they can get into NFTs. I love the marrying um, the physical to the digital world. Like if I were if you put in a release of 450 vinyl pieces or a thousand Freddies or whatever like that, release a portion of them or all of them with an NFT market i mean i think it'd be really cool and, and nobody said anything about this but you know like if tiny ghost said okay we're gonna release 400 ghosts but through mm-hmm. this window of sale as we sell 400 ghosts you all will be given the opportunity and i mentioned this last night on our stream you all have the opportunity to buy the nft add-on which will dictate the rarity of the nft so add on okay. you can't you can't buy it after this by the way it's only in the sale window so as soon as mm-hmm. all 450 sell out which is probably five minutes anyway mm-hmm Whoever decided to buy it, we will announce after the fact how many NFTs there are. So let's say only 20 people bought it. Okay, we're going to create a digital version of this Tiny Ghost as well that's fingerprinted, Mm -hmm. basically, and put out there that there's an NFT attached to your physical device, physical item. And so now there's 20 of those, let's say. I think there's a cool opportunity for a play to make them even more special. So with that, though, I want to I just want to kind of go forward with that as a, you know, a cause and effect or whatever you want to call it. So let's say those 400 ghosts sell and they they trade hands. Let's face it. People trade or sell or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the NFTs stay with the original owners. Well, no, you sell it with it. Would you you have to, though? That's what that's where I think I get the question that I think you do. I think in this case, what I'm saying is you do the serial number of your tiny ghost is tied to the, you, you, you serialize the two of them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That represents the physical product in a digital form. It's that's like a COA. That, that's kind of the way that I was taking your yeah. guys' conversation last night when I watched it after the fact is like, I view it more like if you're tying a physical object to an intangible NFT in this case, which is what we're discussing, it your NFT becomes a COA over that specific item to show that, yes, I was the original right. owner. I sold it to X person mm-hmm. at this point in time, blah, 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 blah. And that's what creates the record of the lineage. If you so will. that raises the value that this is an authentic tiny ghost and this authentically came from Bim Toy. Correct. And okay. 
because okay. we all, we all know you guys brought up I think Kobe Bryant right is that what yeah you, that's what you guys were seeing on the on stream last night. There's so many fakes of the Kobe pop because of what you know unfortunately he's passing. Right. Right. But because it's now oversaturated in the market with all these fakes, how do you legitimize the original? Or like even for like FDO pops, there was a glow in the dark bone daddy. There's so many fakes of the chase out there. There was only, I believe, 24 of those produced by Funko to be given out at FDO. And now my friend on the neighbor island of Hawaii, the big island, he has two fakes. Oh, ouch. And But if you look at it, it glows pretty good. So it's like... That, right, it's, I, it I don't know how you establish fakes half right? the time. But, yeah, yeah, so but that's where piece, yeah. it's like the rarity and you talk about what is the market value of these items it would help in legitimizing, okay, I have a real version or a real copy. Yep. I think the problem you start to run into with with an NFT as a COA or just as an add-on to go along with the tangible item is I think you have to start, especially if you're a company, especially if you're a public-traded company like Funko that's worried about their, their brand and their image, is there's, and we have to address the elephant in the room, there is a... Um, negative connotation associated with nfts right now because of the impact on the environment because mm -hmm. of the uh mining that takes place Absolutely. of the blockchain and mm -hmm. we won't get into the technical standpoint of that because i don't want to bore everybody with that however just, if you are interested geek together talked about it last night and that's saved on their twitch channel so go back and listen if you'd like to please go on so the 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 deal with it is it just the, the short ver version is there's mining that takes place. People are doing it with computers. It's using up a lot of energy. Again, that's bad for the environment, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you then get to the standpoint where it's like, okay, obviously producing a tangible vinyl toy that has an environmental impact, right? From shipping it to, to making it, all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. And now you're adding a secondary environmental impact for the NFT. Yeah. And so... Just me personally, like if I was Brian or whoever's the person that's in charge of this, I'd be like, all right, guys, look, that's a great idea to, to do an NFT along with the tangible one. But I think we need to do one or the other because I think we're going to get slammed with people talking about the environmental impact of producing one and then, you know, the data mining that goes along with the blockchain for the NFT. Yep. So although in theory, I think it's a great idea. I don't know if in practice, if it's going to actually happen in that way. I like the it's idea. I think it's a great right. idea, but I really think they're going to do one or the other. And I can very much see it like top shot to where like Funko incorporates into their app, the NFTs. And then I think you have to be able but, to get more of a social media channel to where people can see your NFTs that you bought. That's just the way I'm seeing it. But even yeah, though it's a cost, I mean, you're pushing it off to somebody. If it doesn't change the environmental impact, if it's written in Ethereum. Right. right. Mm -hmm. An NFT is an NFT. I mean, you're just punting the problem. I mean, that's sort of like when it goes into like, you know, labor violations, manufacturing in Nike in, in, in China, right? I mean, so you could say, where's your social, what's your social moral code? As far as a, uh, I don't directly employ these factories, but I'm subcontracting and it's still happening. But you're, the act of being in the business is what's causing the energy problem. Right. Or it's causing well, I, a violation I, or the moral, the moral obligation. Right? I still think so. it's a great point because they are real. I, I don't, I don't think people quite comprehend because it's not a truck that's polluting or it's not a, uh, you know, it's not something being dumped into a river, but it, electricity use is just generating so much. And, and well, because I had a good uh, example of that. Yeah. And I think even contributes from just to global warming is the so short just answer. From, but just from, and I think Joey's getting across that from a public standpoint, from a mm -hmm. viewer standpoint, mm -hmm. it's bad. Like yeah. it's, it, you know, mm -hmm. it, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, they got to think of that. People are like, I don't want to do Funko because they just went over the line and now they're 
they're polluting twice. In a now, the other thing is, I mean, the, I mean crazy as sound, I mean, we're all focusing on this. Like everybody's been focused on these NFTs and the blockchain because it wants to be distributed. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's such an energy problem is because what we mentioned, every time anything changes on the right. chain, the whole chain gets rewritten and then it gets distributed to all the people that have a ledger. And that's where the cost comes in. Mm -hmm. All the computations to do that and distribute and read Constantly, and computation. Right. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that comes in. But if they were to do something like quit, where it's their database and they own it and you just trust the company as a collector that you're going to buy a digital representation of it and you're not thinking about the longevity of the investment or whatever you could, that'd be but that's not that's not an nft anymore well that becomes a marketing conversation i understood yeah. no no I, i'm just saying i mean just just from the <laughs> no, line they can of the say discussion. it's non-fungible why not why, they well i guess that's true like, but they can but create their be... own chain yeah right? mm -hmm. so bitcoin um, just to kind of reiterate here and go back a little bit here, since we didn't talk about this, for anybody that's not aware, Bitcoin itself is not an NFT because in theory, no, if I have one Bitcoin and Joey has one Bitcoin and we I exchange them <laughs> and the Clint has one Bitcoin, I can give my Bitcoin to Clint and he can give me back his and it's exactly the same thing. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. a fungible it, token. It's fun. Exactly. It's exchangeable. Yeah. It's not unique right. in terms of like the hundred hundred produced gifts or whatever each of those gifts is an individually numbered item certificate right. of authenticity tracking id um serial number whatever you call it they're all unique so if i give mine to joey and he gives me back his they're different they're different and they're what happens one, in the chain two, is yeah. it shows a change in ownership but they're still right. a unique item and now well, we have to rewrite difference. the chain twice because there's two transactions at and that's why they're using um ethereum which added that dimension yep of fungibility, right? Of non-fungibility, which yeah. meant that's why they're looking at it for using it for contracts, for home mm -hmm. sales, for deeds, for medical records, for all these things that persist beyond the person that holds them today. And I, and I loved when you brought that up last night. I thought I really liked the, you know, like the medical records, but especially the college tuition and mm -hmm. your example of the college no longer existing. How can you confirm that credential? You can't, but if you had it set up as this NFT kind of thing, it works. I thought that mm -hmm. was a really neat and, and outside of the scope that everybody right now is kind of thinking, because of course it's all about money at the moment, but mm -hmm. there's other practical uses for this. And I, I love that part of the discussion. Yeah, there, there, there absolutely is. And I think, uh, I think we're going to learn more, right? This is the infancy. I think you're going to go through the normal trend of collecting. And I think we've all been in this. I mean, how many of you started off like, oh, these pops are kind of cool. <laughs> or who buying everything who, you could. Yeah. Who the hell buys Freddy's? That's stupid. <laughs> right True. and then oh protos who wants an unpainted that makes no damn sense right and then, yeah, I, i'm just saying like you you evolve and i think right. the example i used yesterday was that technology is not going to wait for you to get comfortable with it it's going mm -hmm. yeah it's right. going and so you, you just got to figure right. out where you want to play in it i do want to say I, I i enjoy i'm again i'm glad you brought up the environmental thing because that does drive me as the hippie from colorado but you know we used to have computers that took full of rooms and how much energy did they take and stuff like that so i think there's there's evolution still to happen with all this to, to damien's point to both from an intangible and a tangible standpoint i mean uh, the well. side of it is if you use this type of technology for um everything has a cost and a reward right mm -hmm. i mean we talk yeah. i don't want to get too political about things here but in order to make drastic change in energy there has to be a catalyst Right now, you could say oh, it's the infancy of blockchain and that's causing a big problem of, of energy and everything like that. But if it became something that was fundamentally needed to be done, like we started using records, driver's license, passports, whatever, and that's the technology. Once there is a catalyst, then it becomes the reform. And then yeah. it becomes like, oh, now it's worth investing in these alternative um, energies. I mean, theoretically, the thing that causes the problem could cause a solution. 
yes in the future because like okay we we need we need to do this but this is a huge problem who's going to step in and, and alter the technology or evolve the computations to be the lower energy the lower energy efficient or the offset of carbon the whatever it is somebody's there's an opportunity there yeah. and capitalism kind of takes that route right and so mm -hmm. ironically it could be the driver for a new problem that causes the innovation around energy usage yeah and to that point one of the big backers of this whole technology right now is elon musk yes so when you think That's about true. your point damien about the solution here um you think about all the different things that he's spearheaded and what he's currently involved in anyway that hasn't really come to full fruition within the public he would be one of those guys if he's fully backing it and he's like i believe in this this is the way of the quote-unquote future we all think he's from the future anyway, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, I think this is one of the ways forward that we get a, we get away from things like um, questionability of the, valid the validity of somebody's passport, you know, because of course mm -hmm. those things get faked. You can right. duplicate a driver's license that, that says McLovin on it. Kind of make it a little bit complicated. Don't even have last name. You know? But at this point, because it's right. already written in the chain and there's no there's no possible way to fake this kind of thing, we move forward past all these questions and we're like, okay, yes, you're a real person. Same thing in like your in the in the physical item. If you had something stamped on the physical right. item to prove that it was real, you wouldn't have uh two fake glow in the dark bone daddies. Unless that's what you wanted. And then you certainly couldn't sell them to anybody else because They'd ask for that. They'd ask for that COA if it was a possibility. Mm -hmm. And then there's all markets you're creating here. And we, and I know we definitely don't have time to get into all that because it's a bunch of theory and whatever. But I mean, you just got to shape shape the conversation of of the country. People don't get it, but once they get it and it's valuable to them, then it'll drive a lot of change. All right, I'm going to bring up a question. Um, okay. I know we're starting to run short on time, but is it something that's been bothering me before the podcast and while we were talking about stuff and something that Damien just said reminded me of it again? And I'm sure people that are listening maybe have the same question if I have it. So Damien mentioned um, a COA or a stamp for something, right? So I could, with enough time, effort, resources, fake that. Like I could fake a, a stamp, right? just like I could fake the the bone daddy itself. If it came with a certificate, I could somehow forge the certificate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just the same way people fake passports, fake driver's licenses, which you mentioned. So what is it that stops either from like a hacker type of standpoint or just some other kind of technology standpoint? What stops somebody from interfering or changing or faking for lack of a better term, something in the blockchain? I think that's a great question. Yeah. And I'm sure, look, and, and I do a lot with IT security. And one of the things we always say is there's no such thing as secure. Um, right. Because there's always a way. And you're right. Um, as big as, And we've seen this happen with Bitcoin where people have robbed people of it, essentially, um, in their early days. Um, not by the way of tampering the chain. That wasn't the way it did. It was more social engineering of getting mining. it, mining, and et cetera. Um, I would say this, the one benefit you have here is that normally when you fake a, oh, let's use the bone daddy. I could do it in my backyard. I could do it in my house. Honestly, fake this one, my backyard. <laughs> I could fake this item myself and find the one person that'll fall for it. And there will be, right? there are suckers, yep. When it comes to this <laughs> NFT world, we talked about that ledger distribution. If I hacked my ledger, it's going to cause an event all over the place because now you got millions of eyeballs on it and every computer in the world looking at an anomaly of how mm. did that happen? 
right to po- combat that and so now it's like wait a minute if it wasn't issued by the original person with their token and it wasn't tied into the original block with an authorized change and custodian wasn't there and i'm trying to distribute this now weird blockchain to someone else i mean uh, you, you have a lot more eyeballs it's a lot more comp- i'm not saying it's not possible because we've seen you know, we've seen Ocean's Eleven, right? I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we know where there's there's going to be heavy motivation to steal things from people where there's money. It's highly unlikely, though, just due to the sheer computation power that but it think, would need yeah. to take in order to actually make a, a safer, change. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a lot safer than uh, than faking physical items where factories split up LeBron James pops um, because there's a market there and just flooding the market with the fake ones. Yeah. And so I, I think it's a valid concern, and I think you always have to be questioning it and seeing where it's come from. And I think that's also why a lot of people, when you make this transition, there's going to be people that are. I mean, for a long time, my my parents would not put a credit card online. Yeah, it's like the they one and the same it. thing. My grandfather did not like a physical bank, so he actually hid money in the house. <laughs> Keep going like, back. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, he would hide money under his mattress and like all over the place. Yep. And we lost Clint. Okay, I will watch for him to come back here. But it's like we have to get away from the whole mindset that something you need to be able to actually hold on to something and it needs to be physically tangible in order for it to be real and authentic. I think that's where a lot of people in our current age demographic are Mm -hmm. having a lot of trouble grasping onto this concept is that it doesn't need to physically be there. Like I don't need to actually be grabbing my phone to know that I have ownership of it. There's some sort of digital signature that verifies that. Yes. Ryan owns this. But this generation that grew up in the digital age, people that are, you know, five or 10 years younger than, than our demographic, this is, this is their thing. And, and I really think it's going to continue to, to be a thing. I, I, I think, and again, I could be wrong. I think we're seeing the very beginning of something that's going to be around for a long time to come. Oh, for sure. I, I, yeah, I don't sure. think this is just a, you know, fly by night thing and, oh, and then next year it'll be something different. I just oh. think this is where the Sounds technology's gotten to now. And I think it's going to be more stuff, just like we mentioned earlier with Top Shots Only Basketball right now. I don't see any reason why. I already why saw hockey. I, I was looking online the other day. There's hockey. That makes Nate happy. They're all getting into it. They're all getting into it. I mean, yeah. you're absolutely right. It's not going anywhere. And that's why I said last night, if I'm presented with that option, I'm taking it every time. I don't fully understand it. It's not my thing, but I don't want to be the one that's like, wait a minute. I didn't get, I I missed the boat on the early adoption when it was obtainable. Right. But the generation that grew up spending money uh, or spending V bucks on Fortnite skins (laughs) and that to them is something that they very much understand. Exactly. They're going to be like, Oh, I'm going to now buy this. And, and Ryan and I were talking about this offline. Uh, Just imagine the applications of now all of a sudden, Oh, um, I forgot the company behind Fortnite. Um, Uh, epic Epic. yeah they might be like oh you know what hey this skin is for sale and there's only a hundred of them and then all of a sudden it becomes uh, this super rare item that Mm -hmm. you know the the big time twitch streamers and all these other people like oh i gotta have that and somebody else gets it some random kid gets it and you know only spent 10 bucks on it that streamer might be willing to pay 10 20 thousand dollars for it so he can have you know that 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 skin. So it's got all kind of applications outside of just the the collectible part I of agree. it as well. Yep. And I think that's the biggest thing when I when you think about um 
you know, a lot of people didn't care about FigPen and their serial numbers and their digitization versions of it. I think that's going to be a thing. I think they're they were they were early adopters of this and, and ahead of the curve. The difference being, we're all worried about this chain thing. When I don't even know if they have to do the chain in order to sell it and make a market out of it. That's what right. I was saying about Funko. Um, I don't think they have to. I think most of their collectors are like, well, if I could flip it for fifty bucks, it's better than eBay, and they're going to buy it. And they're going to trade it, and we're going to see who really cares about it in the market. Um, but they have that ability. Then to your point, generation now that we don't understand, like my kids, my kids, that's all they want. When you ask them for, what does grandma get you for Christmas? Like, just give me a gift card so I can buy Fortnite things or whatever game they're playing. Give me Steam bucks. They don't own a game. They don't own yeah. a physical copy of anything and they trust <laughs> the network they're dealing with. They don't even think about it not being there tomorrow. Yeah, you were talking about like the iPad and not like, we came from the days of an actual CD-ROM being needed to yeah. be input into a computer or, you know, actual mm -hmm. physical floppy disk that you needed mm -hmm. to insert in order to get your media on there. Now you just download everything from the internet, store it in the cloud. You don't, like, I don't have a lot of the stuff on like my pictures. Most of that is in the cloud. It's not on my phone. Right. Right. Point. So it's like kind of yeah. like one in the same. And um, to the point about currency and everything, we talk about like intangible versus tangible objects. Way back in the day, the government used to back currency with gold and silver. That's why mm -hmm. they used to call gold them standard. gold certificates yeah. and silver certificates and the gold, quote unquote, gold standard. Now it's just called a Federal Reserve note. They can print yeah, money no on demand. For a, yeah. And that's why a lot of people don't trust the banks. Well, that's why. The system, the, right. But that's a different discussion. Yeah. People you know, agree on the value. You know, exactly. it's all, all it works, yeah. right? So yeah. Something Damon mentioned earlier also got me thinking. So, going back to what we were talking about about people and some of these other artists that are creating these these digital art pieces that are then turned around and sold, and every time it's sold, they get a ten percent commission, right? Yeah. You know, one of the big things that I'm sure Funko is I, I don't know about upset about, but they 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 are perfectly aware of the secondary market and a $15 pop eventually selling for $100 or $1,000 or whatever. Just imagine them going the NFT route and they then make themselves the original artist, so to speak, to where anytime this NFT of a Freddy Funko is sold, mm -hmm. they get 10% of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very possible. So and if you're flipping they, it for 10%, yeah. you give it to eBay now. eBay's making all the money on the secondary market for Funko. Funko makes no money on the secondary market except for brand awareness. Yep. Right. I mean, so Which I agree you. with you. And the yeah. nice thing about the blockchain, to people's point, that's possible. Anytime that happens, because it's a distributed chain, all he has to do is see it happen. And boom, yep. that event happens. He knows it happened. He knows it's changed hand. He mm. knows he's owed money. Yep. Yep. It's, it's like just public record in a way. It's, it's no way to hide. It. Yeah, it automatically yeah. pays him. It, it, it's not even a question of oh, I've got. It. And that's another thing he said in the interview that was so great is as opposed to commissioning something for somebody and then you've got to wait to get paid and then they've got to wait for their art and all that stuff. It's just instantaneous. Like mm -hmm. as soon as the person buys the money, it in it immediately goes into his account. He was talking about how the day after the seventy million dollar. Uh, uh, Christie's auction, like all of a sudden, she's just $70 million richer. It's not like he had to wait for payouts from all these people over time or installments or trying to collect his money from these people. It was just there in a snap. I wonder and, if in the back he's just laughing, like, my God, these idiots. Sucker. <laughs> he is, is absolutely. Thank, absolutely. Oh, thank God I found this. Jesus Christ. My God. Well, and he's also happy because four years from now, when somebody else sells one of the said items and he just paid. gets a random like payday, he's like, sucker. Yeah, like it's sweet. like the uh, Bobby Bonilla contract. 
Yeah. Right. Exactly. Still getting paid like he's ten still years after. He's retired. Definitely, some we'll have to uh, we'll have to um, keep an eye on. So, Nate, I have a question for you. Then, does this help yeah. to make anything more sense for you? Oh no, it makes sense. I just still think it's stupid. Like, <laughs> right. It's, well. there's, a, there's a distinction now. Like I understand how it all works, and that I appreciate you guys explaining it and going into much detail. But I still think it's it's stupid. But I, I, I yeah, I I, I think <laughs> and, you raised and but that's the thing. It's like for I think people need to realize that. Is it going to stick around? We don't know. No. Is it a good yeah. way to try to make some money right now? Absolutely. You know, if if you want, if you have some extra money as an investment and you want to get in on it ground level, now is absolutely the time to do your research on and understanding what uh, NFTs are and how all this crypto stuff works. And now is absolutely the time to get in on it because you don't want to get left behind with just like how Damien's explaining it. Like technology is moving so quickly. There's so much going on. If you want to get in, you do it now, or you're gonna you're gonna get left. Or you're gonna regret it, right? You're gonna yeah, be like totally. seven years from now, I'll be like shit. I, you know, I we're gonna all be sitting around telling stories like, oh, what's your stupidest move? Well, <laughs> see today, uh, yeah, it's like I had oh, an opportunity. When... I had an opportunity, like it was right in front of me. I was right. buying this Funko thing, and I was like, NFT bullshit. I ain't buying that. Yeah, it's worth a hundred million dollars now. Well, yeah, you know, I'm sixty years <laughs> yeah, old. Yeah, think still think working, about you know? if you had bought a couple <laughs> bitcoins back in the day, like. Mm-hmm. When it first, yeah. when everybody thought it was a joke and didn't get it, it was stupid. It wasn't real. But now yeah. you'd be rich. Like Sully's story <laughs> about how he and his friend were gonna like invest a hundred dollars into Bitcoin, and now it'd be like some stupid amount of money that he could have retired on. You know. Yep. But so who knew? I mean, at the end of the day, this still comes down to well, two things. One, it's a gamble, and I know we said that earlier because yeah. I mean, yeah. you got it. You know, you gotta, it, yeah. it's a gamble. I mean, it also could be worth nothing and you lost a hundred bucks or whatever the case is yeah if i was your financial advisor i wouldn't say like shift your 401k into it but play right. the house money if you got yeah house yeah, money. if you have, yeah, if you have money, money that if i think you approach it just like gambling mm-hmm. only play with money you can afford to lose that's so the five thousand dollars that sully's given us yeah that's all he's saying we should use yeah, so yeah. Yeah. that's the collectible we're buying is all it's just gonna be one nft for five thousand dollars <laughs> and we'll all go from there we're gonna buy um, a exactly and it'll be it'll actually be forty nine ninety nine ninety nine. So be, you know, still within the limits. Minus a ten percent payment to whoever owned it before. Oh, right, right. Of yep. course. Of course. But, I think if you wrap um, it up in a bowl, though, NFTs in general does not always. It's not only going to relate to collectibles, and I know that a lot of the conversation today kind of revolves around that because that's what we discuss mm-hmm. here on our channel a lot of the time. But let's also keep in mind, as far as the future of the technology goes. Damien and crew were talking about the viability of it being related to home sales, contracts. Um, there's foreign governments that are already talking about implementing these things into procedure. So mm-hmm. as far as it going away, I say zero chance, it's, zero it's, chance it's of that be... happening because Great. it creates authentication points that you cannot even question. And that's the, 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 story, uh, the great thing about way it's being used right now. It's a non-risk implementation. What I mean by that is nobody's going to die. Yeah. Nobody's going to lose their future unless they're done. I mean, they can, but nobody's <laughs> going to die over exchange of NBA moments. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a really non-risky thing compared to passports. Right. Yeah. Right. Passports and identification and medical records and education credentials are more high stakes for people. Yeah. So it's going to take time for people to get comfortable with where we are now before they trust it going to the next level. And even the next level is going to operate in parallel for a long time before they eliminate the old way of doing it. Yeah, yeah and like, you're gonna I have, do think that's where we're going. And you're mm-hmm. gonna have generations that just won't accept it and will never get on board. And, you know, like the people that are still writing paper checks, you know, to <laughs> pay pay for dinner, pay for their groceries, and all that stuff. Sixty nine yeah. cents um, for everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But eventually, down the road, 
it'll just be the this generation now will be the ones left and that's yeah. that's going to be the way it is i feel like at this exact moment it's nothing but a flex i have this mm-hmm. that's yeah. almost the only use it is right now because it doesn't you know like you said you i can't have display one moment on top shot because well, they kept moving the goal go goal posts on how you could get one like at first it was just like open to anybody and then you had to have at least one moment to buy a pack in your account and then here recently when they released one of their i think it was maybe one of the rare packs that sold for like 200 dollars or something mm-hmm. like that like you get to have three moments in your account or something crazy like that to, yeah, it's to all about making it. money for them they don't care right. they're literally printing money i mean yeah. I, I i think it'd be much better to be top shot themselves and the people buying it yes agreed 100 because they didn't have the great shit no <laughs> lebron did this <laughs> literally Sweet right money. Yeah. like i could just go to youtube and see the same moment you own mm-hmm. right easily i mean that's the point i think where nate's making like that's dumb mm-hmm. why would i want to buy that no you're mm-hmm. it's just you're operating i think the way i look at it is top shot is you're operating in a casino mm-hmm. that's what you're doing mm-hmm. i agree it's the same thing with the, yeah i think it's a great way to look at it I think I think I'm I'm going to wrap this up because we're getting to time here. But I think we've had a great discussion about all this. I, I know I know I understand it a little bit more. I'm sure others do as well. Um, one thing I do want to say though is there's you know we're not the only resource by any stretch of the imagination. I think again the more you hear about it, the more you talk about it, the more you even just read about it, you're gonna you're gonna things are gonna click or you're gonna see more whatever the case is. So um, make sure you go back and watch the Geek Together Live last night, which had a, a different perspective but a really an interesting one. Listen to us. I know we talked about Sully. He's been talking about it all week on his stream. I'm going to share articles. And, I, you know, if you're, if you're still struggling, anyone listening to this, to really comprehend what an NFT or cryptocurrency or anything is, it's not because you're stupid. It's because it's a very different concept for us compared to how we grew up, basically. So, you know, keep your eyes open. Keep your mind open. You'll get there. Yeah, and, I, and I'll say, you know, I wouldn't want to call it a plug because it's definitely not a market I'm tending to go into. But we are setting up a Dahlia NFT. Because here's the reason why I'm doing it. Because I understand the technology, I understand the market, but I am a physical learner. Like I need, I'm a hands-on mm, learner. Interactive, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I'm just going to go through the process on setting one up. Mm-hmm. I want to see the distribution. I want to see the buying of it. I want to see the ownership of it. And I want to see the selling of it. So I'm going to set up a very limited run of Dahlia. We're going to take the original sketch that was used as inspiration to create the, the product that my wife's building now. And then I'm actually talking to uh, my friend Chris, who's working on the physical uh, fingerprint for for um for releases and we we're going to release uh at some point in time all future releases of dahlia will have the online coa that is crypto cool. back i, I look so forward to i'm gonna look at implement that i don't know if it'll become anything i i don't know it's just more for me to learn and mm-hmm. it's a cool place to play so if anybody's interested in that keep an eye out there because uh, it might be a safe place to play where where can they reach out to you if they want to uh, you just email me uh at damien at geektogether.us there you go and if you want, if you're interested in, I'm, I'm creating a small list of anybody who's interested in getting in the first version of it. Cause that's probably going to dictate how many I release and we'll just do it. And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, uh, we'll geek together on it. How about that? I already emailed mine. <laughs> yeah. I got your email. <laughs> Very nice. I have $3. Yeah. You probably can buy more than one then. If the <laughs> NFTs. Now the figures are a different story. <laughs> the figure, figures yeah. are a little bit more, but yeah. yeah. No, just the NFT. I just want, I just want an NFT. Yeah. Yep. Well, how do I get an NFT for this one then? I, I don't know what to do with this. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's an old one. Anyway, um, I think, Nate, you want to take us home? Yeah. Um, thank you, Damien, for taking time out today to chat with us and kind of share your knowledge with us and uh, getting us up to speed about all this new 
newfangled technology <laughs> and uh, new all these new things that us old people are still trying to understand. You want to write um, that down, Ryan? That's an episode title right there. Newfangled technology. I, I, I do like the irony of you being referencing the old people and not me because <laughs> I do believe I am older than every one of you. Yeah, so. you are. Yeah, but I'm grumpier than all of you guys. That's Nate's fair. just that's an old soul. That's he's angry. That's what it is. It's the soul. Yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. Uh, but thank you, Damien, uh, for joining us this week. Where can we find you in the podcast that you're on and, and all that stuff? So yeah, I mean, we, we don't even do podcasts. We just do live streams. See, we're going new. We're going new age digital, purely uh, on Twitch. You can find us at Twitch.tv/slash/GeekTogether. Uh, we have a show every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, and while you're at it, we also host another show called This Week in Funko for anything that's happening in Funko on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Eastern. So we're and trying to... Uh, are you guys still doing Monday night as well? And Monday night, we're... Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, the guys over at Toy Rewind are hosting a show Monday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. over on twitch.tv slash geek together. Come check it out and hang out with us. There you go. And I know, uh, you know, Nate and Nate, uh, Nate and Joey have both been on that show before. So yeah, that was, yeah, they can, I they was, can preach for it. <laughs> I watched that yeah, one. It was a good and, time. Uh, yeah. I watched that one on the, on the shoes. They're, they're doing collector showcases. They're really kind of focusing on the collecting world on different items. It's kind of neat. It's really cool. I like Very it. Cool. And then how about you personally? Do you have anything you want to share there? No, not okay. nothing interesting. Nothing All right. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Together and, fair enough. you know, you know, uh, the, we're working on the Dahlia. We do have a bunch of uh, we have uh, three releases slated for the next three months. Oh, for real? Uh, for Dahlia, Shit. yeah, with different uh, different retail partners, etc. So more to come yes. there. I mean, I'm excited but mad at the same time. Can you like space <laughs> them out a little bit more? <laughs> we have we spaced it out for like four months now. Well, I, can you do that like every four months? I can't afford. Yeah, anyway, one a quarter. One Sell a quarter. some NFTs, Clint. Yeah, go. I gotta, I gotta buy some first. So I can sell yeah, yeah. So, so, like, so, like, yeah. Digitize your mustache or something. Yeah. November yeah. <laughs> is gonna be very interesting this year. Do it. Huddle gang, huddle gang. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, um, where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, the underscore dorksman. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitch as well, twitch.tv, uh, the underscore dorksman. Uh, we will be back at it streaming this week on Tuesdays. Uh, Clint will be there doing some Nintendo. I'm not sure mm -hmm. what he's playing this week. What are you playing this week? We're playing Super Mario 3D World. Going to continue our quest. Awesome. Uh, and as usual, Friday nights, 7 o'clock, uh, Twitch will be doing Dorksman Game Night. So please make sure to come hang out with that. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan will be doing his own streaming on his own channel at twitch.tv slash Asian Tony Stark. Uh, that's Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, his schedule depending. So make sure you're following him on Twitter. Uh, he'll do anything from shooting zombies to zombies. Warzone, zombies, zombies. Uh, or some art he did. and stuff. So, yes, make sure you follow him. And Joey uh, will be teaching with that. Uh, yeah, and Joey will be. What are you up to, Joey, this week? Teaching. Spring <laughs> break was last week. Yeah, sorry, man. It's that was the bummer. Those were the days. Spring, spring break? Yeah. Spring break. Off for the one week? Did what? You're only off for the one week for spring break? Do you? Yeah. Is that not typical? It's two weeks here now. Just uh, oh, really? It was yeah. two weeks in uh, Utah too. Yeah, it's two weeks here now. They've also, I think, they've shortened the the school year and stuff. So they shortened the summer for us. They gave us two weeks in the winter, two weeks in the spring, and then shortened summer by mm -hmm. two weeks. Oh, wait till you're an adult and you just have to work every day. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, my kids are very sad for me. They're like, wait, you're not on spring break? I'm like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> it doesn't work. exist. Wait, you're working um, the summer? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm working the summer. <laughs> <laughs>
Look forward to it, son. Look forward to it. <laughs> right. the rest of your um, life. <laughs> basically, hey, yeah. it ties back to the first question this week. You know, whatever what you want to be uh, when you grow up. Yeah, it's very every important. Day. Dream correctly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a very good piece of advice. I wish I had that. Let's try dream better. Dream better. There you that's go. Right. There's a, there's a title episode for you, Ryan. Uh, you know, one thing's back to better. Always back dream right better. On, my, my kids have used against me is don't be good at something you don't want to do. That's all. That's a life lesson. Good, that's, that's a good actually life really lesson. good life advice. Why do you think I didn't lesson. plan much of our wedding? I didn't have to help. It's really funny. It's the one thing I'm supposed to do. Really funny when they tell you that when they're doing dishes terribly. You're smart ass sixteen year old. And then they get a different life lesson. <laughs> anyway, before we get in trouble here. <laughs> audio, audio uh, evidence of things, yeah. We'll just cut that out. Ryan will, Ryan will, Ryan will edit that out. Um, thank you again, everyone, for, for listening this week. Um, thank you, Damien, again, for joining us. We appreciate having you on. We'll definitely have you back for more of this discussion or anything else that, that comes up. You've got a broad range of interests like we do, so um, we'll definitely have you back on at some point as well. So thank you for your time again. Gary, it turns out. I didn't realize it, but yeah. It's true. Uh, is that it? We got anything else? Any, anyone else got anything to add this week before we wrap it up? No? I don't think so. All right. And with that, that's my secret. NFTs are still stupid to me. Mm, fungible. <laughs> oh, that's me. Uh... Yeah, I was like, uh... <laughs> we're homies. Please, no gang signs. <laughs> and Bye. maybe you got to sign out. I'll see you later. There you <laughs> go. <laughs>